0: No purchase necessary Void prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for
1: details. Hi, it's Craig Fowler here again to give you more inspiration for presents in the holiday season. This time I am talking about, of course, Manscaped. Yes, we're partnering with them yet again. Because Manscaped is the ultimate gift, and they're here to change the men's grooming game. And you can get 20% off plus free shipping if you use the code TERS. At manscape.com. Now, I've told you about their certain different gadgets before the lawnmower, the weed whacker. Well, how about I tell you about the Performance Package 4.0? This is the best in the business. This has everything you can ask for. It has the most up to date lawnmower, the 4.0, the weed whacker, the boxers, the travel quit, and the liquid formulations. Now, let me tell you about the liquid formulations that gives you the crop preserver. This is deodorant for your, you know, so you could reduce some chafing. It's also got the crop retriever ball toner, which will keep your lads nice and fresh at all times. Maybe if you are a bit of a clarty sod or you just need to give yourself a wee quick non shower shower, then the crop mop wipes will do exactly that for you. And it's not just about that region. They also tackle smelly feet. Manscaped can help with their foot duster, which is foot deodorant made to fight odours of the dirtiest plates. You want to smell good everywhere? The refined cologne by Manscaped is a clean and fresh scent designed for the refined gentleman. And on top of everything else, they'll even throw in the shed travel bag to carry all your goods and the Manscaped anti-chafing boxer briefs to hold everything together. So once again... The lawnmower, the weed whacker, the formulas, the boxers, the travel case, everything in this tremendous package, 20% off, free shipping. Use the code TERRACE at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you.
0: and welcome to Monday's edition of the Tennis Scottish Football Podcast. I am your host, Tori Anderson. And on this occasion, I am joined by Craig Anderson. Hello, Craig. Hi, Tony. How's it going? Hi, grand, grand. I'm uh, I feel a bit worse when I was... I had COVID. Mm. Um, and so people might know I, I, I missed the... I even missed the semi-final. Uh, so I didn't actually get to go. Uh, which is now becoming a common theme when we play Rangers and we win and I, and I don't get to be there. Um, so I got a bit carried away this weekend because I got locked in the house for 10 days so I went out both Friday and Saturday uh, and, and then I had my whole family over for dinner on Sunday like aunties and uncles and cousins uh, Mandy was cooking and she don't know how impressed she was that I was just I could barely put the table up for, <laughs> to put the table up for everyone to sit around and eat it. and she's slaving away making ragu homemade pizzas and I can barely hand people a beer at the fridge <laughs> so uh um, but we made it. I'm alive.
2: Yeah, and you're, you're you're doing all right. You're getting better.
0: Oh yeah, I feel fine because I said I was allowed out this weekend, and that um, was really just uh, fatigue. Um, I don't know. I'm Sure, many listeners will have had it, um, but I was double jabbed, so hopefully that had an impact on how bad they got. But it was fatigue, and just it just knocks out you. i just whenever just walking around the house, you get up for a minute. So I was watching the game. Mandy started panicking because I'm sitting shaking during the during the Hibs Rangers game. Uh, and we're scoring and I got a burst of energy, I'm running around the room and then I'm knackered, sitting back down with a scarf over my head. I'm shaking, she's just staring at me and I could feel her watching me the whole game, obviously, in panic. And that was making me feel really, really uncomfortable.
2: I, f- I feel like I'd be like that, I'm like that most of the time. I just remember the Scotland-Serbia game um, when I, I did not have COVID, I was just watching it in the house, as many of us were, I'm sure. And um, my wife came down, she'd, she'd been putting the wee one to bed and stuff like that. And then she, she just came down with like five minutes to go. And then when it obviously got to full time and I just went up to kind of see her and check everything was all right before extra time. And she was like, you're, you're just being really weird. Like I was, <laughs> I was like pacing around the room and stuff like that. Yeah, I could just, uh, but so I don't know if I would even, know I don't, I don't know if you'd even notice the difference if I had COVID or not.
0: <laughs> well, we had a team come back. Hibbs obviously had their COVID issues. So why don't we start in Perth where Hibs managed to get their first win in six and St Johnston Craig we're seeing home form
2: and ill discipline are really putting them in are they in bother? So looking at the table and looking at kind of the form and, and looking at the fact they're clearly not as good as last season and not scoring goals and stuff like that potentially but I have to say I was I was at Hamden last weekend when they played Celtic and, and I thought they were I thought they were pretty good mm-hmm. um, like they they middle middle to sorry goalkeeper to middle basically did most things right and then it was just decision making in the final third and there was shades of that I remember last season we had a very similar discussion maybe a wee bit earlier in the season and I think it was a game I watched and they were absolutely dismal against Dundee United in terms of creating chances and stuff but you watch them and you think you know what They've, they've they've got too much structure and they've got too much in the way of knowing what they're doing to get really sucked in but it's very easy to say, and if you don't win games, it, it, it can go in the opposite direction. If you're still asking me now, I think they'll, I think they'll be, be comfortably safe. Because
0: the big problem, I think you pointed out when you were watching the, the St Johnston Celtic game, is they were well-structured, like you always expect St Johnston, but in the last third, their decision-making sort of really, really bad. And I think this is where so Ali McCann miss I know Ali McCann didn't get a lot of goals, an assist per se and I think something that he probably would want to improve on his career goes but he just he picked the right ball and it might be the assist of the assist and stuff like that and and just everything moving forward uh, and they seem to they seem to really lack that now
2: Well we said that over and over again about the the team last year you know it was a it it was a team rather than individuals but there were two absolute standout players in that team who've both left and then um but obviously they, they didn't they not have Kane for this game and um so that's a spine
0: done. that's a spine yeah, of your team right exactly. there from last
2: season. And the other defenders, you know, Gordon McCartney said this all along, like they're good defenders, but Kerr is a, a, a class above. Mm-hmm. And so there are just these wee moments, you know, like like on Saturday where maybe maybe with Kerr and the team that doesn't, you know, they don't concede the goals, you know, they, they can hold it together a bit and just things like that, and then yeah, the, the additions. I don't think of. I don't think in general their additions have really been been up to much. Um,
0: yeah, because for for Tannen, I mean, we've barely seen him for a second, and it's quite shocking because it's just fine because they went through so much hassle to to get him on board, and we've barely seen him. And by all accounts, just even I only saw the highlights, but we only had two shots on goal, um, so I mean, he couldn't have been up to too much.
2: Well, not, not when you're getting served at time for Cammy McPherson, who is A, a midfielder, and B, not really very good either. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and so, it's, yeah, there, there's, there's, there's kind of bad signs. I think the the quality of a signing in Scottish football is inversely proportional to how long you wait to bring them in. When has a team ever waited ages to sign a player and then they've actually been good? I'm thinking off the top of my head of three examples I can remember, and he's one of them. Uh, Kawashima at Dundee United, mm-hmm. He's a good goalkeeper. I mean, he still he went on and played at World Cups after that and mm-hmm. stuff. But, but no good while he was here. Uh, Vanacek at Hearts, where they were like hyping him up for so long. And can we get him in January? You know, can we get him early? And no, we wait till January or whatever it was. And um, and the one that, that, that you're obviously hoping is going to buck the trends is Chris Muller. But I've got the really same vibes about him coming. <laughs> yeah, to him.
0: yeah, there's there's, there's big bodies. I mean, this is in terms of. From what I've heard financially, this is, is big a move Hibbs have made in a long, long time in terms of what I've heard about his salary. Um, and, and he's coming with, because he's written a book and, and his attitude on social media. Um, so you, you feel like you're getting to know this guy and he's got so much. He's going to, people are going to be having an eye on him and there's so much high expectations. But to move on to Hibs, um, they've had to try, it, it seems bizarre. I mean, they take out, they get Dodge back, um, and everyone's been saying how hugely we've missed Deutsch, uh, McGinnis, and McGuinness and obviously Porches with his suspensions. I've said on here, it's, it's, I think that's, that is the spine of the team. And it's also the three separate ways Hibs can get up the pitch are with those three players specifically, be it going through Porches, carrying it when we need to go long. or And then you've got McGuinness is also as is a link player between the midfield and the front. So when they took them all out, but... Um, Porteous is back but Hibs have went with, with with Josh Campbell who in the semi-final I thought he was good Craig I thought people were getting a bit carried away with how good I thought he was very functional I thought tactically he was really good he worked his absolute socks off um, and and he played and he kept it sort of relatively simple so I, I really don't mean that as a criticism but I thought people talking about so I was really interested to watch him in the Ross County game because there would be a a scenario, obviously, where there'd be much more expectation on the guy playing that number ten role. But he, um, he he done he done okay. But in this game, by all accounts, he was he was really really good. And it's even though Scott Allen's come on and changed the game, and Scott Allen actually, if you look, he's this this season now. You're starting to see someone who's got numbers. So if you actually look at his minutes on the park, he's got five assists and a goal in about four hundred and thirty minutes. So it works. It is like a goal involvement every seventy six minutes. But I prefer using Allen in this fashion. I do think our team does need Doyle Hayes and Newell. Their performances have improved instantly with Campbell being in there because he has legs and he can support them and make it a three. And he can also support offensively, which is what McGuinness was doing so, so well. And obviously Doyle Hayes and Newell's form fell off a cliff. But um, it just seems bizarre with five defeats. And then we lose our two, bit, our two of our three attackers and then suddenly um, it's what seems like a really, really good performance. I mean, tw- 20 shots on goal, totally dominated the game.
2: Yeah, and I think it's an interesting point you make with young players. I think it's very easy for people, essentially when a young player comes in, uh, the younger they are, the more it's likely to happen as well. We're... Just being competent and not like falling over the ball every time they get it is enough for people to start like hyping them up, mm-hmm. and it makes it, it it puts a lot of pressure on them as well. Because suddenly it's like you're, you're not you're not getting the chance to just kind of quietly wind the radar because you've got fans immediately wanting to uh, hype mm-hmm. hype you up as the next big big thing. But I, I've liked what I've seen of him. I think you're right. He's, he's more similar in style to McGuinness and I think there's a lot to be said for someone like Alan. Obviously, incredibly talented, but he is a bit flaky as well and. If you can be in a position where you've got that midfield three and and you're just wearing teams down, and then later on in the game when there's tired legs and stuff like that, especially in this game when you're playing against ten, Allen's the guy in that position to come on and you know pick holes in opposing defences. And I think yeah, I think um, it worked obviously worked perfectly in this game as well. And, and having having Murphy coming back as well was a big. I didn't. I thought he was. I thought he was out for much longer. I um, I'd, I'd actually. Could start, I looked at the fantasy football list of players, and he was mm-hmm. available for the one we were doing, and I thought oh. Should I take him there? I thought no. Is AJ still leave back? And then I never checked. He was on the bench, and he he and Allen kind of impacted this game and, and turned it around because it, it did feel like it could have been one of those days for Hibs where they they were undoubtedly. I, I don't want to say the better team because that's unfair on St Johnston. Given St Johnston had ten men and were one 0 up, they were they were knocking on the door a lot, but mm-hmm. you didn't know if they were actually you know actually going to be invited in for a cup of tea or not.
0: <laughs> yeah, because they they obviously with goals, Kevin Nesbitt getting two goals disallowed. During the game, and obviously, his form, the way it's been, he has he his whole season turned on that Rangers game again with Cam being there. Nisbet, where he set up Boyle's second goal really good, even against Ross County. He was getting a lot of chances, and he had three really good chances in that game. Previously, Nisbet was barely getting a kick in games, and um, like he was getting nowhere, it never looked like scoring. So, for him to get back on the score sheet and to look like really, really at it uh, is a huge, but you've seen where. Hibbs, and this has been a problem all season, is because we went, the club noticed that they needed to get enforcement in because they tried to do it on the last day. They tried to get the guy from Acton Stanley, I forget his name, to be the backup for Dodge. They tried to get McGrath, who would end up being the, going up with McGinnis to get that, that role in the team. Obviously, McGinnis would also be able to play in other parts of the midfield. Um, and obviously they wanted Jamie McCart from St. Johnston. So they're the three positions that we, that we knew they had. So with, with the injuries as mentioned, Hibbs' bench is normally extremely weak. Uh, and I noticed there's a lot of games, you just look at you like, fuck, if we don't, if we're not winning, then we really are going to struggle to turn it around. And to see now that you've got Murphy and Allen able to come off, like you said the Tyler, it made such a world of difference. And that's an absolutely huge win for, for Jack Ross, who's just, he can never be. He just never seems to be able to come completely popular uh, at Hibs.
2: Yeah, there's there's a lot of McInnes about him in the sense mm-hmm. that he, he's undoubtedly. When you look at the look at it on paper, and where Hibs were when he took over, he's done he's done well. He's mm-hmm. he's doing a good job. He's getting Hibs back to where the Hibs will think they should be. Like mm-hmm. like McInnes did with Aberdeen. There's always that kind of lingering doubt of you know, but could he be doing more? And, and is it a bit boring and all of that type mm-hmm. of stuff? I think I think this game hinged. I mean, it, 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 it hinged on a, a really daft red card as well, though. From from Bryson, As an experienced player. It's really two very daft fills to be making. Do, do,
0: I, I said this off air to you on on WhatsApp. Do you do you think? Um, I actually, get the feeling he went to noise up Porteous. I think it, he, he saw who it was. If he, if it wasn't Porteous, I don't think he would have made the tackle in that fashion. Um, he saw him and he hoped that if he goes in sort of hard, sort of wee bit reckless, he'll just. Sort of smash out of them. So who knows if he's been told that uh, before? Yeah. Like they get into to Ryan Porteous, but Ryan Porteous seemed to have a just a, a, such an involved down. But what did you think about
2: the second booking
0: for Bryson?
2: I, I, I just don't, I just don't think he can make a challenge like that and not expect to get booked. I think it's, bit, it's You might have seen a, a ref occasionally be lenient only on the basis that he was already on a yellow, but that shouldn't be the case. It's like I. I it, for me, it's it's a it's a challenge. he doesn't really need to be getting himself into as well. It just yeah, I, I have very little, boot like that. You, you, yeah, I feel a very little sympathy for an experienced player kind of w- lunging after something. And yeah, uh, it was uh, and it, and it did let his team down because they 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 no longer pose the threat. We know what Watson Johnson can do when they're ahead. They soak up pressure. They hit on the counter attack, but they they lost their, ability to do that because they're a man short and it makes them sit back and you know they, they obviously as I said they took off their time and they eventually took Rooney off as well as they were trying to hold the game and taking off because you you lose key players in the transition and getting the ball up the park which means you can't counter attack because the ball you know Bryson himself being another player who will keep the ball uh-huh. a bit of a cam head and if you want to work a counter the type of players they go through and then Rooney's obviously such an outlet so you're basically left with Trying to clip balls for O'Halloran to run onto, and it just it just limited them so much. And yet it felt inevitable for Hibs, and and then the clock ticks on, and you think, what are they going to? But to say when you start having disallowed goals, and you know great saves and mm. great work, and all of these things, you're like, it's going to it's going to come eventually. And yeah, it was it was two really nice nicely worked goals as well. Yeah,
0: I was I was really chuffed when I when I saw that, like the first goal. Uh, I think they, are, they they got right on sports I and mean, that looks like proper training ground repetition uh, of, of, of where it'd be for that and it's a, and it's a great finish from from this bit. Um, so yeah, I mean it'd strange you see it like Ryan Porches he's, he's much maligned and we end up talking about it all the time, but he's just he's such a box office player again and, and, that, and Hibs never win without him. I don't think we've won a match this season when he's not been been playing and in this game. So sort of end up scoring on goal. I don't know how you how you how you viewed that. I think he does seem to get himself end up in a bit of no man's land. He's not yeah. really marking anyone.
2: The first time I watched it, I thought, you know what, he can't do anything about that because he's he's got to try and do something. But then actually watching it back, I, I don't think he has to do anything. I think he's probably got another man who's who's going to clear it or whatever. Oh. But he just, yeah, he just gets himself a bit mixed up. Then he obviously commits the foul. And I think it was a foul to um
0: for Desbats' second on a, one. That's
2: allowed goal, the second one, and then you are like, you know is it going to be his his day? But then he obviously um, ends up hitting the bar. That was when that because because I'm, I'm looking at it, and I'm like, okay, you're you're the you're against ten men. You've gone away from a back three. You're playing, you know, you've got um, you got Murphy playing now instead of McGinn. You're you really should be there, Ryan. Like you know, I. I It's hard because I love counterattacks and I love watching counterattacks and especially love seeing players who you don't expect to see involved in counterattacks. But I am always amazed when teams who are winning by a goal are like so gung ho about things and like why why would why would your center half even bother? And I don't care, I don't care if you say you know people will fill in for them. Like and and this is not a criticism of protest because everyone does it all the time. He's a centre back for a reason, and that's because he knows how to defend the box. <laughs> so you want know, him in there. If the ball gets him, um, if you know, if, if you know whatever happens, say say his shot is just a bit lower, and Clark catches it and he launches the ball up the park. Your your biggest aerial presence is now not there. to yeah, challenge. Yeah. So I, I always find those weird, but you, you do. I would love to see him score it because it's a sort of um, go go on the counter. that, that oh, you do like to see there's, no, yeah.
0: there's nothing better. As I just, we, we I think I've spoken to maybe you before about this. Uh, just the whole possession based Barcelona stuff I fucking hate that I like counter attacking is the thing that gets me my heart racing when I watch a football match and I see a team execute well or if it's going like end to end like that that's what gets my juices flowing as a football fan
2: it's especially when it comes from a set piece and, and you see a team that, that's worked on it because you see for example the goalkeeper gathers the ball and immediately three players set off in opposite mm-hmm. directions and you're like they've been told to do that mm-hmm. and yeah, and um yeah, it's, it's something I like as well. I think obviously it's maybe it's quite mathematical, and that's what, what gets me going. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I love a counter-attack, and um yeah, sadly that wasn't scored, so I think it would have been a nice, nicely worked one.
0: Yeah. So uh, that's um it's a huge for Hibs. They've got two games in hand and everyone else. So will see Hibs remain in the top six and Johnston sort of near getting very near only a point outside the playoffs. Oh, um, but let's go to I think we have to go to Dundee, really, because yeah, but in terms of form, form kind of went out the window in quite a few games um, this weekend, and Dundee, out of kind of nowhere, have registered a 3-0 win, and I, maybe start with Motherwell, how do you place this Motherwell team?
2: No, they're just like this, they're woefully inconsistent because... Oh. I've I've seen people you know say you know and I, I think the last time they took it they took a pound in as well and people were you know they're, they're they're terrible they're they're really not a good team and then you see them you know go and beat hearts and they've obviously they've obviously um, picked up other kind of scalps already this season and so it's really hard to judge them but it does seem like they've just got a bunch of players and it's especially the defenders that are like so hot and cold. And it's not it's not a position where you want inconsistency. <laughs> like um, like Lammy and Mugabe in particular are, are highly inconsistent. Is it's weird? Obviously, you because you, um, you watch the performance uh, O'Donnell put in against Denmark for Scotland, one yeah, of the best yeah. teams in you know one of the best teams in the world, but he's you know absolutely up and down and, and you know given involved in giving kind of tough time to one of the better left backs in the world, and then he's. He's bombed out. He can't get a game from a behind like a Ugandan centre half. And, uh, probably Gabby had earned that place because he'd been playing really well in that position. But it's days like this. But I think sometimes you remember he's not a fullback. Um, I'm not saying he was. He wasn't really directly responsible so much. But it's actually hard to pin goals on individual people. It just felt like their whole shape was was all over mm-hmm. the place. You know, they, they just Dundee. D- I've said I think Dundee are a, a better team than they've been given credit for. Like, yeah. They've, they've probably got quite a lot of players who aren't good enough for this level but the the way they set up kind of allows them to not like to to mask that sometimes and then when, when you get a day like this you know that they've got guys who are capable of hurting a team and, and I think you saw that and obviously having Adam back he missed a while and then um, he makes a difference Mullen as a front runner um, for this type of team They've got Cummins, i have got Griffiths, but for me, the way that they play, he's the he's the, the best option of the three. I'm not saying mm-hmm. he's the best player; is a, a the other two are probably better than him. But in terms of tactically reason, how from the front, yeah, and and I mean they, they did it in the playoffs against against us last season, and I feel like our defenders would have been much better dealing with with Jason Cummins than they did with that kind of metronomic like relentlessness of Mullin. He's just a pest. Um, and he's obviously he's got a couple of goals as well, and so yeah, there's just a lot of energy to this Dundee team, and that's what I mean. I like football with energy, and mm-hmm. obviously maybe Adam doesn't have so much of it, but he's he's got a he's got a, an no, you, that Yeah,
0: that. I mean you've got Max Anderson beside them. It, it I always think with Dundee they do actually have the right players in that midfield to actually mask the sort of deficiencies that that, that Adam might have. Um, so I actually think I, I agree with you I quite like the the, the Dundee team I was I mean earlier in the season when they played Hibs and they drew 2-2 I watched that game obviously really closely and the first 25 minutes they absolutely murdered Hibs uh, and that was when Hibs were in, were, in, were in really good form so I, I, I like them they, they sort of like they're almost the polar opposite of this Motherwell teams. it was really two styles sort of colliding they've got the I mean you've got Slattery Sorry, probably a better player than maybe I was about to say there, but Maguire, Grimshaw, you know, it's it's kick fuck at you football with Motherwell. Everyone knows it, and then they're going up against a midfielder, Max Anderson, Charlie Adam, and Paul McGowan. Uh, like there, there's a lot, like there's balance in that. There's technique in there. So um, I suppose for for all the purists, it was good to see Dundee sort of take them take them out.
2: Yeah, and, and that that's kind of it, that mother role midfield and maybe maybe that's the point. Maybe it works when they're on the meant to be on the back foot and playing against better teams. And you know, you you've you've got your grafters in there and, and you know, and it's maybe unfair of Maguire. I think Maguire's probably a decent he's got mm-hmm. a decent bit of football about him sometimes as well, but he's fundamentally quite a hard, hard midfielder as well. Mm-hmm. You know, he was a center half at times and stuff. So of course he of course he's solid. Mm-hmm. Um so that kind of grouping of players like Maybe in games where, you know, they're on the back foot, that works for them. And then when they, they play against a team who they should be better than, it lets them down. And, and Yeah, because they'll, they'll strong get strong space.
0: Truck. in that mother in that, in that Dundee midfield, it won't be sort of so toe-to-toe. You'd think that Motherwell midfield will actually get some space to sort of express themselves, but they really seem to struggle to get sort of woolery or what in the game. And, and going by the highlights, I mean, the first hour... I mean, it looks like Dundee absolutely battered them, and it and and what makes no sense when I was watching it is that where Alexander he came out and he and he wasn't happy, but when I was watching it, they had numbers back, and, and but it's like you were talking about the shape earlier, it was just it's only like people weren't working. It's like they were they they, they would get but like the first goal. He's got four guys around them, and he still manages to sort of make the room to get the goal, and then they were getting the set pieces. The ball was ping ponging about the box, and it's just like. This team sort of kept a clean sheet at at Pataudry, uh, and and also kept the clean sheet at, at home to heart. So it is, um, it's
2: really quite bizarre. Yeah, and and it, may, it makes it really difficult to talk about a team to be honest. Because how how do I assess? Muller? Well, are they a good mm. team? Are they not a good team? Well, I have no idea. <laughs> yeah.
1: um,
2: and because you you know there's some weeks that you would say, you know, you think they could you they could be kind of challenging, you know, for Europe for fifth place or whatever it is. And then like, you watch them there and you're like, are, are, they, are they going to stay up? Because you look at the table when they're in that, the table's really tightening up a bit with Ross County. We'll go on to Ross County, but with Ross County picking up some points, with Dundee picking up some points, there's now only like Motherwell on fifth, just now they're on 21 points, which is a pretty good tally at this stage. But it's only eight points and eight points does disappear really quickly. If you, um, especially over, you know, the, the, you've, got, you've got so many games in December, you can very easily just plummet down the table like a stone and I don't think it will happen with them because I think that their inconsistency is, in fact, makes them consistent in the sense that they always pick up points. Some points. Yeah. It's and, like
0: they'll always win two games a month. Yeah,
2: like, yeah. Um, and and that's fine. And, and yeah, I mean, if they if they even trouble top six again, they'll be happy. It's a lot of teams of of the size of will, um just now make sure you stay up, make sure you can kind of get your finances back in order because obviously for every club they've been hit quite badly mm-hmm. over the last two years and fingers crossed it don't you know nothing comes comes of anything again. But so they just have to, you know, keep their head above water, stay in the premiership, finish high up, get a week up run. And you know, that that's all they need to do. And I think they will do that. And so I, I don't like will be too too upset about it. But but moving on to Dundee, like, as I say, I've said to her, I don't think he'll go down <laughs> in terms of St. Johnston, but then I look above them, I'll talk about Livingston. I think they're starting to look a wee bit better, Dundee are starting to look a wee bit better, Ross County are looking a wee bit better, so you do start looking at that table and think, is there a team that's on, like outside the Hearts-Hibs, um, Hearts-Hibs, in Rangers and Celtic, and probably Dundee United, who I think will finish as the top five? Well, are there any other teams that um, There's nobody going to get cut off? Yeah, that are, yeah, that are going to, that are Really going to be safe? I don't know.
0: I was going to ask, I actually meant
2: to ask you this at the start
0: because I was because I was looking at the table and I was thinking about like the season as a whole so far. Like last season, I I, I don't know if I can say generally accepted, but maybe generally accepted on in our world, in our podcast, that it was one of the weakest leagues we could really remember. But I would say this season, that's kind of changed. And I actually feel like the league's quite strong in terms of competitiveness. I mean, I'm not going into the to the whole idea about the, the, the standard. I don't that's not the discussion I want to have here. But it does seem that teams are sort of eyed up. And I mean I'm I'm looking at Motherwell and Dundee and then you're looking at I mean you're you're, you're seeing O'Donnell I mean he's a Scotland international. He's he's on the bench um yesterday I mean they've got Jake Carroll on the bench they've got Jordan Roberts on the bench they had Van Veen on the bench which I know Shields I scored um, like against Hearts and, and played quite well, but I mean, if Van Vanvienen's fit, he'd be he'd be certainly a that team over Shields every day of the week. And then, like I'm looking over it at Dundee, and like you're saying, they've got Cummings and Griffiths on the bench, and Christy Elliott plays plays a fair bit um, when he's fit. So, like the teams all have like, match winners on the bench. You could come on, and like I say, like now the, the the sort of the competitiveness of the league is is hugely compared to last season.
2: Yeah, I think I think the quality is higher as well. Mm. Um, and I think, I mean, partly, as you say, teams probably cut their budgets last year. I think that's part of the reason for that. And they've, they've been able, now that they, you know, they realise, you know, they're going to have crowds back this season and, and, you know, they can sell season tickets and fans are coming back. They can spend a wee bit more money. They can push the boat out and, and bring in players again. And that does make all the difference. And I, and I do think, like, hey, Motherwell done the Uniteds on tomorrow night um, on the telly. I want to watch that game, and I think it will be a pretty entertaining game. Whereas last season, there were a lot of games where, like, I wasn't paying for a stream because, it, like, a bunch of the teams weren't very good. And I think having fans in makes a difference as well. In terms of that. our our players, are, our players in Scotland are not so good that it doesn't matter. Like they, the things like having supporters helps them because it's it's just that wee extra thing in their head of you know there's, there's, it, feel, it feels like there's more stakes there it gives them an extra edge to the game how many times have you seen your team playing badly up in the first half and then they get rolled out into the second half and mm. there's almost like a new energy or just something happens the there's an expectation as well people, even a decision you know a, a, a refereeing decision goes against you and the fans get Riled up, and then the mm. performance seems to to grow off that. And I think that all of those things is it's, it's miles better than last season in terms of um, in terms of quality and mm. and competitiveness. I
0: mean, yeah, yeah. we'll talking about um, competitiveness, a team that was probably really been struggling this season in Ross County, but that's them got well played two of the top six at home back to back there. But huge for county, I would argue, as they only conceded one goal, which is not a given with, with Ross County whatsoever. Uh, but they've managed to to pick up four points and they've done it in different ways. There was in, in the Hibs game, sort of first half, Hibs had real control over the game. But uh, and then like sort of County managed to bring the they brought Blair Spittle on and, and he got the winner. And yesterday they had a bit of adversity with with Harry Clark getting sent off, I think, wrongly, but we'll maybe come on to that, come on to that later. But they managed to to bounce back and with watching the highlights. And again, I'm going to talk about the squad. Now you're looking at where Ross County, because Charles Cook's came on, I think a fair bit. I think he's come on a bit under, I know it's not cool to give Malky McKay any, um, any sort of praise, but for the face of this, I think Charles Cook's come on a bit. I always thought Charles Cook was, he had a really bad start at Ross County where he didn't look like a footballer at all. Then I did think he started to develop, a bit last season, because I, I ended up watching County quite a lot last season um, for doing it, and I thought Charles Cook was starting better. And tactically, it was quite good. They were able to use them in a number of positions. But now with Humble, they've got Spittle, Charles Cook, and Humble. So no matter what, they've they, they that there's a lot of weapons in that. They have a variation in their play, and now they've been able to. They've get four points using their bench, and like Ross County always had a big squad last season. I don't know about the quality of it. But with these sort of players that sort of they've been able to get through Malky McKay's book, which is arguably the main reason that he's the he's the manager is because of contacts. That's Ross County have thought that's the best way for them to sort of put a team on the pitch. And now Blair Spittle's come on um, against Hibs. He got he won them the game. I thought Spittle looked like he played really well in this. And you've got Hungbo. And the thing that Spittle and Hungbo bring is no as long as one of them's on the pitch. Ross County are a danger from set pieces because both their deliveries are are absolutely outstanding.
2: Yeah, and and I mean you say that about Mackay, but I, I don't think it's ever been in doubt that Mackay uh, his record as a manager was was reasonably good. Like stood up, yeah. He he's, he managed in the top flight in England, and if you remember when when the stuff came out about him, it was he was going to get appointed by Crystal Palace, one of the bigger clubs in England. Um, I think they were in the Championship at the time, but nonetheless, um. And so I think his ability to to bring on players has never been in doubt. I and initially and it may still be the case think he maybe misjudged the quality a wee bit and in some of the players he's brought in are maybe not quite good enough. But at the same time, you're starting to see and get a bit more of a tune out of them um, as well. And I, and I thought yeah, they they just look a much improved team. I think Can Can Cola um, had a really good game in this one. Um, and he's someone that, that you know, they, they brought him in and he didn't play a lot at the start of the season and he's, he's starting to kind of get himself into the picture a bit more. So, yeah, they are a, a much better team now than they were. I mean, I think it's 10 points in the last six games. Um, no, that, sorry, I've made that oh, up. That was for Dundee, sorry. I've, I've uh, looked at my wrong note there. So it's, it's some number of points in the last number of games, uh, let's just say, because <laughs> that's... a. Uh, yeah, sorry, that, that's my mistake. Uh, but no, well, they've got they've
0: got tough. two wins in a. They've got seven, they've got seven points in their last five games. Yeah, which so I mean that's nearly that's nearly yeah,
2: nearly two what po- I said.
0: <laughs> uh, um, like they've nearly picked up half their points in those in those five games, uh, which is good enough. That that's that that keep you up, like over a oh, season. Yeah, yeah, yeah
2: absolutely. Um, and so, after the start, they had like yeah, there's a lot of positives. They they were a constant threat in this game. I thought Seagrace had a fantastic game. Mm-hmm. Um you some of the saves they pulled off, and, and you know, there was a, a block from um Edwards at one point as well. They they knocked at the door a lot, and then you thought, you know, that they they probably have had a few games this season where they've hung in and then got kind of sucker punched, but this and you know, this looked like another one because after that, it was really sloppy defending, I thought. But um, what well, for
0: Yakaviti for the yeah. for the goal? I mean, it's not
2: just
0: it's not just the fact that he lets some turn on the side to get a shot on goal where the angle sort of, where he gives them more of the goal to shoot at, but also his touch that because he had the opportunity to clear the ball in that and Yakaviti, another player he can have. That. I, I just don't think he's that good of a defender. When I mean, I mean, the things I've always liked to be Jakovic when I watch it, he, he can—he's not got a bad spray, and he can spray the ball sort of out wide uh, and stuff to players. But like when it comes to the to the actual art of defending, I, he's never ever done it for me.
2: Yeah, the defensive record last year was was terrible, and, uh, and he, he was he was a big part of it. Yeah, um, but but having said that, Baldwin. Hasn't necessarily impressed that much as a defender either this season. But Dundee United can't say they were, weren't warned about him in the box because he had yes. two big chances. And I hadn't, as I was, I knew he had scored the equaliser, and I saw him with in the first half. I think one in the first half, one in the second half. I can't remember, maybe both in the first half. With two big booming headers, and I thought, well, I know what I know what's coming with his goal. And obviously it wasn't a booming header, but um, I was already starting to write my notes, you know, <laughs> don't United were about his headers. Um, and but but nonetheless, um having a center half who's who's a big threat, it, it can it can really help you. Yeah,
0: especially like we we're saying earlier, like if if you've got Hungbo and Spittle, who both seem to have like really, really good set pieces. Uh I feel almost like I would want both of them on the pitch. I quite like Spittle. I've always quite like spell, and funnily enough, f- even though he's not playing as much, I'm starting to feel like I, I feel like I'm seeing more of an end product when he does play. He's whenever I watch highlights and he's playing, not that he necessarily scores, but he hits a target. He creates lots of chances in a game. I would be very much on the idea that I'd be wanting to get him in Hungbo and Charles Cook into the team. I think they're so shit defensively that why not play Charles Cook at one of the fullback positions and just give yourself more opportunity because playing like other options that, that they've got like Connor Randall at, at left back is it worth it? Is he good? Is he that good defensively that maybe trying to get more of your attacking players and Charles Cook as I say, I think he, he's really quite disciplined uh, when when he plays the wing back role and stuff like that. So I don't know. I would try, I would have a feeling that I'd want to get so all of them, all three of those attacking players into um, the team.
2: Yeah, yeah, I agree with you and I think that they've got other, I mean, uh, the boy Robertson who's barely featured this season who's came up highly rated uh, from, from Man City and I think he's only 18. He was someone I thought might, you know, might be an interesting player to watch. He's barely featured so there are still other options on the bench as well. Dund- Dundee United for me is interesting because I think we said at the start of the season my concern, I did a preview with, with Craig Fowler and I've been proven mostly wrong about courts, about I kind of felt he was going to be um, quite dogmatic about his introduction of young players. And I thought that might, you know, he might run before he can walk kind of thing, but he hasn't, he's built the, he's built the structure and you see him now starting to introduce these younger guys. Um, I know mean, Freeman's been playing. I know that's kind of enforced by injury to, to Smith. Houghty came into the team. was his first start. Um, or his first start this season. Anyway, I don't, I don't remember if he played last year, didn't play much if he did. Um and, and he's obviously had, um, had some of oh, the other guys. He brought De- real- he's
0: brought Declan Glass into the team recently yeah. as well after a long injury. Uh, so, yeah. and, and Perry's a good one to come on to. I mean, um, how did you find him? He managed to get the goal. He's always been someone that's really, he was good in the championship, I remember. Not that I watched it much, but I remember he was sort of having an impact, but I've always thought he was flattering
2: to deceive a bit yeah, in, I- in the top flight. I thought he was a really good foil for Shankland in the championship. They seem to, to link up really nicely, but really didn't see much from him last season. And, and I kind of thought they you know, that was probably, you know, I thought maybe Wraith Rovers is his next, you know, Ooh, the, yeah. it seems to be a, a common, a common, uh, common place to really, go. Yeah, yeah. He's, uh, he's come back in and um, I I didn't see the, the last game that he played, but I, I read very rave reviews of him and, he, he was okay in this game I don't think he was, he was brilliant but he gets the goal which is kind of well, why he's there if he's playing centre-forward and, oh, yeah. um, and, and yeah he, he's definitely improved as a player and it gives them something to think about because Clark is um, not uh, he has a good start to the season but he's not really continued that and not maybe hassling defenders the way that I, I always think is something that he's really good at and so it gives it gives him options at the right time and, and the, the point I was making with courts is he's got the points on the board now they've got the confidence up the team's playing well so now if he does want to introduce these guys they're not coming into a you know a relegation battle they can play with a bit of confidence they can give them a couple of games you know even if if they don't have the best game you can be like hey, I'll give you a game and I'll, I'll give you a go next week and so he's managed that squad really well and and they do have this crop of young players that they're they're as a club team, we were pretty excited about. I know Hote was one they brought in, but um, then maybe they've got the balance just right. And and that's why I'm kind of keen to see what happens through the rest of the season. If, you know, come you know, come May, April, May time, it's kind of like a, a throwback to 2014 with our, you know, their um, Golds and Robertsons and Armstrongs. Mm-hmm. So I don't think any of these players are at that level at all, but it is really interesting to... As a team, to see where they're going.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's just, it's just a, the courts. I mean, I still can't take Tom. <laughs> like, I'm not, I can't lie. I just find them something. I find something really robotic about them, which maybe is a maybe is a good thing working with footballers, young footballers. He's, I imagine, he's very, very clear in his instructions. But like, as a as a human being, I'm watching him, and like when he, like when he says he's when he says he's frustrated, he says it in the same tone as he would be if he was talking a bit, if he was really happy. So like I always feel like it's like he's reading something out uh, and there's no real feeling behind it whatsoever well, so that that just but that's me just that's me being petty, something I don't like. Uh, I like to see sort a bit of emotion when, when someone's talking, but like maybe for young players it'll be good having someone who's very clear, very concise in, in how he gives instructions. And clearly, quite emotionally stable. He looks really, really like which these can be positive sort of traits for 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 a football manager, especially working with uh, young players. Like even Tony Mowbray, with him, he didn't ever get himself too overly excited. He was quite plain on the sidelines, but he had a message that he always sort of ram home. And so he had some of the most difficult players to to manage, maybe maybe ever, <laughs> uh, and that worked too. all right. So. Fair play, at Dundee United, because even though the form's it's, it's, it's got mixed now, um, they've only got I think one win in their last five, maybe, but they've got a couple of draws in there, and they they managed to sort of like after a couple of losses in a row get back to it. But I just I like the Dundee that left hand side of Dundee United. I, I I really like it now that they've got Niskasen, they've got Mulgrew, and they've got McCann. And I was saying that when I was talking about. Uh, he was talking about McCann on one of our Player of the Month um, podcast that we do for the for the Patreon, and I, and I was like, I just think that the blend and the balance of that whole area of the team, and especially when and when Fuchs is in there as well, um, it's it, it, it's really really nice and really really strong in that in that area. But um, yeah, there's we all. I mean, if we go back and look at our um, predictions, I'm pretty sure I've got the United rock bottom of the. Of the league and I'm and I'm going to put a bet on. I'm not the only one <laughs> who had that because after I watched them in the cup games at the start, um, you get really thrown off by those cup games in the betfred. Yeah. You think everyone. I thought Dundee United and Motherwell were going to be hopeless.
2: Yeah, because they, they, I remember watching Motherwell play Queens Park as well. And they, yeah. they, they, they the, the two games I remember seeing was Dundee United against Kelty and Motherwell against Queens Park. And, and they both
0: got battered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but they,
2: well, they won. They both won the game, yeah. but they, yeah, it was just like that. You're like, oh. But yeah, it turns, yeah, turns out you can't judge anything on what are essentially pre-season friendly. Yeah, you know, who,
0: who, who knew? Who knew? Well, let's judge another team who have been, been a bit... So up and down, St Mirren, another team, like, similar to Motherwell, that maybe are quit, becoming really, really hard to pin. They went to Tynecastle, and they've not won in five games now, I think, St uh, But I would argue, looked, probably one of the strongest teams hearts have played at Tyne Castle this season.
2: Yeah, they, they I mean, they—it was a battle to goalkeepers and into very good goalkeepers, but yes, Merem were were well in this game, and we'll prob- probably count themselves unlucky for that first hour or so that they they didn't do something. But yeah, it just—it it just, um, it, was—it was one of those days where you find Craig Gordon, and and we've seen it so often that just nothing's getting past them. Mm. And when Craig Gordon's in that mood, it's almost impossible. Like it doesn't, you know, um, he's one of those goalkeepers who. And, and McGregor is, it was always the same I thought like, there are just days where it's like it's almost like they step out on that park and decide they're going to be unbeatable Yeah, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and I mean I'm not saying it wasn't like it wasn't like a bombardment but there were enough really good chances and really good opportunities and it wasn't poor finishing I don't think that they oh. let St Mirren down I mean some of the finishing could have been better um, but not like you know it wasn't like folk scoffing shots and stuff but it's the same again for St Mirren it's like they, they do just seem to be missing a wee something and, and I don't know what it is I really like watching them play mm-hmm. they're always quite creative there's quite a lot of energy in the team the 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 shape works really well I think um but a lot of the time I'm, I'm enjoying watching them play and I'm enjoying watching them lose narrowly <laughs> um, and, and that's kind of like well you kind of keep doing that because um, I thought the same when they played Rangers I think the game that was on, on the telly and they, they started off absolutely brilliantly and then kind of Just before half time, they kind of chucked the game and then they, they didn't do enough after that. And this was a bit the same. Once they went 1 0 down, I really didn't quite do enough after that. I agree in terms of, I've done the preview for this
0: with Duncan at the start of the season. I was quite excited about uh, St. Mirren uh, and what they were going to do. I'd say because obviously Goodwin is just even some tough times as an opening manager and he's, he kept them up, then he improved them. And then I was thinking this season might do it again. And to be fair to them, they're still they're still seventh in the league. So this, they had a, they had a good period the other month where they managed to win three games on the spin. I like the I love with this three four three that they've got going on. It's really important that they have Tate and Tanzer when they do that because I think they're both really really good wing backs. And like Tate looks at Tate's just Tate's a really really fun player. Like he does, he's, he's he's box to box. He works really really hard and he's. He's sort of willing to go into the box. He, he I think, he, he's one of those players. He thinks for himself. He does it. He, he, he will have instructions and he'll follow them. But he notices what's going on in front of him. He knows when's the right time to maybe make a dart to the back post or even to come central. So I, I like them. But with them, what I like about when they two play is because they are both so sort of hard working and both have good ability in a cross. They can be like sort of give that with. As it allows them to play McGrath and Ronan, who are both relatively similar in their style, but they they both want to play a little bit central. So this suits them because you've got Tate and Tanzer who will absolutely give you the width. And it means that these sort of two more attacking midfielders that they have actually get to play in the way that they want to, which wouldn't always work because one would be having to go wide and it wouldn't suit them, blah, blah, blah. But one issue that may be is when you've got McGrath, Brophy and Ronan, Sometimes you can maybe have too many people who want to hit a shot.
2: Yeah, and I mean, you saw like I mean, then they won a corner from it. But Brophy just taking shots from all angles as he continues to do. And yeah, they they're kind of the same. And yeah, there, there's maybe a bit of sameness about them in that particular aspect. I mean, they're, they're different in terms of other aspects of their game, but I, I do think that's maybe where like a Curtis Main comes in. Who's just a bit a bit um, left field compared to the two of them. But there, there, there's some. As I say, there's a lot like, and it's kind of, we're saying this about a lot of the teams down the bottom, and it kind of proves a point we made earlier. Mm-hmm. There's a lot to like about St Mirren, but they're not getting not getting results. And that's, mm-hmm. it's one, one or two of these teams who we are saying are playing well, but not getting the results they deserve, will end up being sucked into a relegation battle. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they're only three points ahead of the playoffs mm-hmm. just now. They're, they're a team I worry about because they've got Quite an, like an older squad and the experience can help but it also can mean you know they can you know can get a bit leggy a bit tired and, and all of that stuff that you would associate with older players and maybe I'm being wrong and I know someone like Tate is, is, a, is a very fit guy and, and looks after himself but once you have all that those older more experienced players there, there's just that risk and I, I don't think they'll go down but it wouldn't surprise me if they they started to worry at some point
0: because I mean you got that that was uh, the, you you're saying that there was maybe a reason why I was a bit surprised that they went for power and I just thought of all the teams that maybe didn't suit, and I think powers had I saw him against I thought he was hopeless against Rangers when 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 they got beat but I watched this and actually thought he was looking more like the power that I remember playing for Kilmarnock when he was he, he was quite he was just heavily involved combative but playing some really really nice. So, sort of passes wide and, and he was strongly involved. So, hopefully, this they could really do with him. So, sort I've of been able to patrol because for him and Flynn, they went toe to toe with me and, and Devlin. And they two have, I know some people, have, they two haven't been playing so well recently after like a real strong start, but they still are two of the better sort of midfield pairings in this league. Mm-hmm. And then a uh, Power, and Flynn did seem to be able to go toe to toe with them.
2: Yeah, and I think that it, it speaks for them. I think they, they are they, they are quite like that. I mean, Flynn and Power are nowhere near in terms of ability, mm-hmm. those two. But they they're they both run around a lot, and they're both quite quite clever players as well. And Flynn, Flynn's kind of constant reinvention as a player is is quite nice. You know, he's obviously he's obviously one of these guys that's really dependable, um, and so he's kind of finds himself playing and if he, he, he feels like he's played everywhere on. They
0: have him at back. wing back sometimes. Yeah, yeah, they are like yeah yeah absolutely. Yeah. I've seen him play winger. Uh, he's played back he
2: before is. and he's played he played in it much almost as a forward for Falkirk like way back in the day so he's been about there but if we move on to Hearts like it feels like they're maybe just grinding through results at the moment but to be honest nobody's nobody's going to be too bothered about that like if as long as you win then you win they're, they, you know, they're maybe not as, as exciting as they were at times earlier in the season and I've watched them a couple of times and thought well, they, this is as good a Hearts team as I've seen in a long time but there wasn't any of that at the weekend, but the, the moments of quality kind of got them got them the victory. We know. A,
0: yeah, I mean, such a huge thing to be able to have as as, as a, a genuine good free kick taker. Yeah, we can
2: pull you like that
0: pulls you. Because the, yeah, they got the they got the goal with with Gary McKay steven but they hadn't been playing. Obviously, they, they looked vul, not vulnerable, but you know what I mean. Submitting were creating chances, they looked well they were well in the game and could easily score. And then having someone who could ping it in from. About thirty yards. Yeah, the yeah, exactly. that, that's the, game, that, the game's over.
2: Yeah, exactly. It just kills the game stone dead, and that—that's that quality that, that you bring in, and that's um, you know Kingsley. I guess talking about Scotland players, he's a guy who, who's got a Scotland cap, and potentially the way he was playing at Swansea, you know, had there not been all the other fullbacks that we mm. <laughs> have on offer, might have ended up with more. But the well now that, that's an interesting one because Kingsley being converted into a. So sort a of
0: centre-half in a back three. It really looks like it suits him. He yeah. looks like he really en- enjoys playing the role and he gets forward and he's... So he underlaps and just...
2: Who says he's not that old, is he, um, Kingsley? He'll be under 30, certainly. I, don't I mean, like
0: we play thing. with a back three. We're not moving from a back three anytime soon. And who knows? Maybe Kingsley could uh, find himself back. I mean, he's never going to be the, the main man or anything like that, but he could find himself... Hanging around the squad, and Clark clearly, Clark seems quite good at like he doesn't seem to mind. He, he will use players who play in the Scottish Premiership as he as he showed with, with with Suter, who got the goal. One thing I wasn't, I was surprised, When I saw like Halliday start left wing back.
2: I'm, um, I i do not think Andy Halliday's particularly good. I don't know why he's not living at this level. Like he's not. I, he's a, he's a, he could be an okay squad player, but I don't know why he keeps getting chances at Hearts. To be honest, I just I just I don't I don't think he has the ability to play at this level, and that that sounds harsh. But
0: and like that, Cochran was 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 on the bench, so he was obviously fit to play. Uh, and I know Muir um, uh, obviously was suspended uh, for his uh, for his red card in the in the Motherwell game. But like I, I really like to look at Muir. Playing in the wing-back role, when they sort of humped in, uh, Dundee United, because uh, as you're saying Hearts, their their, their home form is still ticking over. It's their away form that's sort of like once we, we thought it was maybe oh, it was, yeah, it was we, coming back, it was going to be okay, and then it sort of went right back to what you mean. When yeah, they don't lose every game, but they 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 drop points al- nearly every time they they play away home. But I like to look because this, and I was mentioning this to Graham on our podcast, like bringing this. This new thing that we seem to like in Scottish football is huge, strong, gazelle like wing backs. So I don't really see, I don't watch football in loads of other leagues, but I don't see the, the wing backs as really like that. But in Scottish football, I mean, you've got, I'm we got Rooney and then you had uh, even Jason Naismith, I think, a, a good example of that. Again, who doesn't seem particularly quick, but when he gets going, so he, he can be really hard to stop. And then Harry Clark, this season being sort of turned into that, into a fullback, wingback, again, who's really strong, a really strong number. And then I saw Moore and he gave me the same vibes as that. And he looked like he was going to be a handful And once he got going for deep. I thought it looked much better than Smith um, in, in terms of what the options it gave them in, in the last third, because Smith's obviously a really, really good player. And when they do that and they're able to drop Smith in at the back three, uh, ha, like, ha, or you got. Then you've got Haukit, Kingsley, Suter, or Smith. Really good back three for Harsh because every single one of them is a good football player.
2: Yeah, and and that and that's the kind of like, they've got that that strength of squad. And and as I said, I think we underestimated the quality of squad they've got. But yeah they need they probably do need to start picking up the performances again because I don't think they would always they can't always rely on Craig Coffin. Like I mean you say that yeah he is probably the best goalkeeper in the league. So yes you can rely on him a lot but <laughs> there's still a limit to what a goalkeeper can do. Um and, and yeah the, the front three I, I I don't I don't know about um I, I know Wood Woodburn was was obviously on the bench and didn't even come on in this game, but for me, he's he's better than than either of the other two that are that were flanking him um, flanking, flanking boys him. in this game. So so there's obviously I mean I've not watched Hearts in the last three or four weeks, um, and so I don't know how certain players have been playing. But
0: well, Woodburn was excellent. I watched yeah. the I've actually watched the I've actually watched Hearts twice in the last three. Um, I didn't I didn't see this one in 90 minutes but I saw them in the Motherwell game and I saw them in the Dundee United game which uh, in terms of the home and away form I mean it was, there was for all to see like it was wildly uh, different but Woodburn was obviously superb in the Dundee United game and he got his first couple of goals so I was a wee bit shocked to see him again at Tynecastle maybe not playing but I mean that bench Cochrane, Haring, McInef who obviously came on it and got a goal recently Woodburn, Nanduli and Gianelli Um, I think with Boyce coming back in, I was surprised when they went with Janelli last week in the same role that they had them against Dundee United. I don't think it was going to... I didn't think it was ever going to work as well against a a back three for for a start that that Motherwell play uh, with Dundee United. And with Dundee United, they don't... Motherwell have, like, uh, Dunn, who's not a slouch, he he can get around a bit. With Dundee United, they had Mulgrew and Edwards. They were sort of primed for Janelli to play against and it forced them deep, and then when they actually, sometimes they tried to play a high line because that's what they wanted to do, and they were getting caught with balls over the top, but I was surprised when they played last week, Hearts, and they, even though it worked, I was like, I just, that's not going to happen all the time, you've got Liam Boyce, that's one of the best strikers in the league, just just play him, and it was good to see him, for Hearts perspective, sort of back playing, but it's like, Barry McKay, I see all these rave reviews, but when I've watched him, he is good, and he created a few good chances. This a really game. good,
2: a really good cross he put in at one point, and it was just like pinpoint. It was mm, for Mikai
0: Stephen. It was, yeah,
2: yeah.
0: Um, but his his numbers haven't been strange enough. It was the same with Woodburn before they'd done the Dundee United game. It's like you're watching them, and these guys look really good, and they're helping Hearts um, sort of dominate games. But like, strange enough, like if you looked at their numbers, you'd be like, so so what? But uh, so yeah, they're, they're they're still difficult to pin and. McKay Stephen getting a goal, but what did I thought it was an absolutely brilliant finish.
2: Yeah, yeah, he he is a player who can do that as well. He's got he's he's very good at those kind of slightly different things as well. Um, so yeah, it wasn't it was two really nice goals. I think Hart scored, and and I I think they should be getting more out of McKay Stephen, but mm-hmm. he probably does need to start scoring goals a bit more often um, if he wants to keep his place and. Well, he, he did That <laughs> was, was a very <laughs> what, what, what a wonderful point to make uh, He needs to score a <laughs> And he does for a goal
0: Yeah um, And Joe obviously I mean, quite a few red cards This this weekend uh, What did you make of that? You being a referee yourself
2: Yeah uh, he, I don't It's like I don't know If he needs to be given The yellow card at the end But it's a, You know what I mean The referee game was gone He could have probably just went Fine, there's a free kick But It is a yellow card the second one, the first one definitely is, and then it's, it is a yellow card. I think like he's uh, he's away from him, he's going towards goal, and he pulls him back. Like I don't, it's quite it's quite innocuous, but
0: that's a bit of a loss because like think is sort of linchpin yeah. in the in the back three for Submarine, so
2: they'll miss him. Bit, I don't know if McCarthy will be back for the the next game because he was obviously missing, which was why. He, um, Why Dunn was in In the first place In the middle of the back three So um...
0: Yeah Which I thought was quite strange I always thought Dunn Would be absolutely Left centre back But but fair enough And, Dick and I just, I've not seen a lot of I'll well, say so back fit So he might come back Into the midfield At some point You might see Flynn Getting moved around <laughs> Like you were saying To, to sort, of sort of Maybe take Go back at the back three Because we don't seem To be seeing uh, Miller Who came in uh, Sort of late He doesn't seem to really Be getting too much of a of a run at the moment.
1: Yeah.
0: Right, let's go to Sunday. Then Sunday, Sunday, where the old firm both managed to pick up victories. Let's go to Giovanni Van Bronckhorst. We'll do it in order. His first game at um first league game for Rangers and um Topsy Turvy. I mean, and there was a bit of crowd trouble, I suppose. We remiss of me to, to not mention obviously the, the, the sort of horrible songs they're singing about Tommy Burns. And then the sort of more jovial stuff with the, uh, some people will be really pissed off about the 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 um, the snowballs, but I've been pitched at away day and uh, I could I could see the funny side.
2: <laughs> I yeah, I mean, so I mean, first of all, it's uh, despicable the singing and uh, yeah, that's it's over and over again with Rangers and you know. I, I, people need, like people that are there need to shout them down. It's the only the only way, or you know, it's it's just it's just horrific, and um, you know, especially for someone like like that who was in no way a divisive figure at all in Scottish football. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, was, it was also a legend at my own club, and it's yeah, like it's like in the in the week, and you know, with with Walter Smith passing away and stuff like that, and and those were two guys who were respected. Across, across, club, all across Scotland, any matter of what club they were involved with and stuff, and yeah, it's it's just not on and um it's far too often from Rangers fans and um so, so like like putting that aside because that was not on the snowball stuff's a bit of fun, like and I don't like I I it's in the game and all that, and obviously, but I, I actually thought and it didn't obviously work out for them because they were absolutely hopeless in the second half, but I actually thought Martin Dale was at it a wee bit and was just basically trying to take the stick, you know, just try to play a bit of mind games and stuff mm-hmm. like that so I thought like he was my thought at the time was he was making a bigger deal out of it than it really was just to you know maybe just some mind games yeah Rangers a bit cold you know all that stuff like because um, I'll be honest with you Tony when I saw the weather reports Rangers coming off a Thursday night the fact that they, okay they've not recently but like they, they often struggled at Livingston I thought this was prime for Livy, Livy winning the game mm-hmm. Um, I thought, like, um, I was looking forward to the games. I thought, you know, Levy are maybe, maybe going to do them here, and I actually thought in the first half, Livingston were really good. Um, mm-hmm. I've, I've said a lot of the time, you know, when a team goes two 0 down to Rangers, I usually put the game over, the game off, because I'm still Celtic, Celtic the same, because there's no interest to me as a as a neutral in watching them score five or six goals. Yeah. When I get, it's just it's not it's not got a value as a as a spectator. But uh, in this game, I kept on because I thought, you know what. Well, if you had plenty of chances um, after Rangers scored. They were Rangers were incredibly sloppy at the back, and it was actually the same against um, Sparta the other night. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. When they went two 0 up, it was like they were just they were just a bit of a mess.
0: <laughs> the defender and in that European game, on both sides, was
2: with... hopeless. I don't know how <laughs> they kept a clean sheet. Um, and uh, in this game, it was it was very much like long balls were catching them out. Anderson was really troubling uh troubling the defense, everything like I I as I say, I thought their setup was really good and I thought it worked really well. I thought Omi oh, On had a really good game in the first half. And I was thinking, you know, when Levy got the goal back, I thought, you know what, they are they're well in this game. Aye. And then the second half, as I say, I thought Martindale was was maybe at it because it's snowballs like you've all had a snowball flung at you. It's not going to, it's not going to cause any harm. It's it's I can understand being annoyed at a game being delayed and it's on the telly and all that, but it's it's it is good nature. You, you know,
0: I think that's fun and it's good. And then, you know what? I know it's on the telly or whatever, but I'm also like, well, the, the people at the actual fucking game are having a laugh and enjoying it. And that's maybe sometimes good that people enjoy going to the football who've travelled to, to and, go to the match and stuff. Yeah. And it's not all about, because someone has to, you, you, you at home, you get an extra eight minutes where the game's no one. It was a spectacle for me at home. I was having a laugh.
2: If that was, if that was Muller will be- Dundee United tomorrow night and the exact same thing happened, nobody would be in the slightest bit and, and mm. that's where as I say quite rightly in a lot of terms we talked about the, the, the other incident where they, they do let themselves down with their behaviour but in that situation people are just having jumping on that opinion because it's Rangers and would do the same if it was Celtic fans uh. where if it was another set of fans in the same position they would find it funny, it was funny, it was objectively funny <laughs> um, and uh, yeah, like nobody cares, and and fine, move move on. That's that's football. Um,
0: but going back to the going back to the, the, the that was interesting what you were saying about the shape because uh, they made a couple of changes. Living said that I quite liked. I thought the idea of bringing Forrest in made a lot of sense. Playing on the left of that three because sometimes they would go with so Andrew Shinney would play in there, but Shinney does prefer like obviously that central role, which is something I was talking about earlier about McGrath stuff and. See is absolutely brilliant and, and another couple of assists in here, but Tavernier wants to get forward. He's got Haji in front of him. You're thinking that there is going to be room in beside there, so I thought it was quite smart from Martindale to go with Forrest, who's much happier actually going wide, and Forrest has pretty good crossing. Forrest is one of those players, he's, he's extremely functional, he's good at crossing and he's sometimes quite good at shooting and then he doesn't have a lot more going for him, if you understand what I mean, but I, I thought that was quite smart and on another day, they could have got a bit more joy out of that.
2: I was really astonished. I thought I must have misheard when Ian Crocker said that it was for his 300th appearance in Scottish football. Wow! And he's 25. I know he was young when he broke through. It broke through it here, but I checked it and it was indeed the case. Yeah, I thought he was good. Um, really disappointed in Montan- Montano or Montano or whatever he is. I thought he he let them down a lot in attacks. Um, but yeah, on the whole, I thought that he set it up, right, as you do against Rangers, because it, they, you just have you go for two, you go for a couple of things. I think you need to have an annoyance factor, which Anderson really provided. You need to have composure in the midfield, and Holt and are both really composed footballers, mm-hmm. and you have to have guys that can run at them and, and trouble them, and, and again, um, Forrest in particular, I, f- I felt did do that. So yeah, I, I thought Livingston's first half performance was really good, but I actually thought that their second half performance was dreadful. They never laid a glove on Rangers and partly that was probably Rangers um, coming out and stepping up in the second half because second half was a non-event in terms of like interest mm. because Levy never got near them Rangers didn't create loads of chances in that half to be honest but he kind of always felt like they were they were due to score another goal um, mm. and, and it was obviously absolutely hopeless goalkeeping from, from uh, Strayek who I thought I'd had, I'd had a decent game up until then but he just missed judges the corner so badly
0: yeah, to look at get- Van Bronckhorst's Sort of open the first team in the league, something that maybe um, Gerard got criticised for sometimes with a bit of the safety first in midfield, uh, and not and he like, he done that sometimes in other games he didn't it wasn't like it wasn't a constant theme. But um, sort of Van Bronckhorst went with only playing with one sort of midfielder that you would call anything like a a defensive midfielder, and he went with Aribo and Arfield uh, in in that midfield, and then. Well, they two they too really go on and win them the game.
2: Yeah, I mean, Arfield's field, good. I think Arfield is... See, bombing
0: beyond. He's clearly yeah. been told to do that, comfortable. And then, I mean, it's an absolutely disgusting goal to lose in the first 10 yeah. minutes against Rangers. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> like a long ball over the top, and then he's lobbing it over your goalie.
2: Yeah, and and, and it's a really nice finish. It's really mm. well measured. And then, and then Aribos finish is, is superb. It's a, it's a lovely goal. Ah, and yeah, yeah it's a, He's a player that I think... Flattles did deceive a lot, of Ebo, But when he when he's on it, and when um, he's got a fair amount of goals this season, yeah, yeah, compared and, to other last season. Um, I, I just said, especially in Europe, I think it, it consistently doesn't quite give them enough. But mm. um, yeah, I, can, I mean, you, you see what the ability has, and I think one of the challenges that managers have had is you get a player like that, you really want to work with them and get get the consistency and the performance because if you ever get it. You've got a world beater, you know, ah. and, and that's um, that's kind of what I'm sure Ben Broncos will do. I think he got better under Gerard, but this is a big season for him, I think. Um, mm-hmm. if he, he can push on because he I mean, Ni- Ni- I think Nigeria are still in with a chance of getting to the World Cup. It could be a you know a big a big uh, a big year in general for his career in terms of you know, good season with Rangers, gets them to World Cup. Teams will start to have a look at him. Um, I know the World Cup's not in the summer, so it's kind of, it's not like he'll be signed off the back of it in the summer. But um, yeah, so the, I, th- I thought he stood out. Um, and this game has been, has been particularly good. Um, Bassey has his flaws at centre-back, but also does really give him an advantage over some of the others in terms of bringing the ball out from the back. Mm-hmm. He's very... Oh, he just—he's just very quick. Like he just—I don't know if he's even if even co- covers a lot of ground very, um, very quickly, which I suppose is the same thing. But yeah, just because he's—I think it's—it's it's not necessarily because he's got like natural pace so much as he's just got long legs. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I like watching him play, and, and I thought the fullbacks were, were both on it for Rangers. Um, well, Marat
0: Such thought looked pretty good in the Prague game. As well, because he's had a, let's, let's be frank, he's had a poor season. Yeah, um, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and he's not been good enough. enough. It was like a big shot because Tavernier and Barisic were like, hang your hat on uh, in terms of Rangers getting forward. And it was so key to how they played because it allowed all their attacking midfielders to, to come in and, and sort of give sort of like more bodies in the box or hanging around the edge of the box. And you've got Hadji, Kent, Aribo, that all suited them, them all. But, uh, so it was, from a Rangers perspective, really, really good to see how good they are. And I always, I'm, I'm quite surprised that obviously that Lundstrom's never been given a shot at centre half because obviously I know he played he played there under Sheffield United. It wasn't a three, though. I think the times where he did before he got converted to a midfielder. But um, I don't know. I get the feeling you might
2: not be seeing too much of Lundstrom under yeah. under I, Van Bronckhorst. I don't like. I, it was Gerrard's man, because. He just kind of maybe saw similarities himself. I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a footballer, and I have a feeling there might be a wee bit even more of a shift towards possession and and less about fitness. If you know what I mean, like more about what the ball does rather than what the players do. Be and, interesting,
0: yeah, yeah. It'll be interesting to see where Ryan Jack fits. Obviously, Ryan Jack's such an important player yeah. for a period under Gerard, and clearly someone that Gerard was really fond of uh, in terms of how and he, and he developed under. Gerard, and that was good, uh, but like I said, instantly the fact that you're seeing so Steve Davis didn't play, who's who's certainly not a defensive midfielder, but he, he he's a relatively safe mid, midfielder, especially at his age. Straight out of the team, and he goes with our field in Aribo. That that being the first one away for home in a tough game, you could argue he makes me think exactly what you're saying that you we're going to edge towards these types of players, and then you're linking well, where's the room for? if Jack and Kamara can't both play. Like, obviously, you might see them see them in Europe as they do when they go with those three. And I think Van Brodkord still do that in your tough away assignments in Europe. But um would be interested to see how Jack sort of gets himself back in there now.
2: Yeah, I think, I mean, it's it's hard to judge because, as you say, like, they've got a game in midweek and stuff. So how much of it is just... just preference or because I mean, just you have to... But yeah, you're right. I think it will be interesting to see because I think there, there were a few players that, that they, they needed freshening up. I, I've said that a few times this season, like as much as they've been still doing all right, they, they're, nowhere near, they're nowhere near the verve and the energy they had last season mm. um, as a team. You saw a wee bit of that coming in, but they, they, they were still, obviously still unconvincing. Like they, they played well, but you know that they're capable of better.
0: Right, let's finish off at Celtic Park, which was the last Game of the weekend where Aberdeen got their third defeat on the bounce and they fall into in the bottom six. And they had, like, sort of like, a really strange one that they had the sort of like renaissance where they beat, sort of, they got that, they beat Hibs, they got that draw at Ibrox where they were really, really good and, and they, they, they were unlucky, probably not to win. Uh, decisions went against them, blah, blah, blah. Uh, and then they they turned hearts over when they went one 0 down, and then from there they're back to sort of these these issues. What's the, what's the issues? What is why can't Glass seem to be able to get
2: any sort of consistency out of this team? So, so they do have some injuries, but also they have a bunch of players that aren't very good, and that's always going to be a problem for a football team when you're turning up at Celtic Park with uh, Jack Goff playing as mm-hmm. right back. Uh, nobody's going to have an easy game against Jota I think Jota is I mean he's hes absolutely flying at the moment and getting better and better as well thought I mean against Leverkusen the other night absolutely tremendous and uh, yeah. game again here but Jack God's probably one of the one of the poorest uh, fullbacks Aberdeen have had in a very long time he's the sort of player you would expect to have seen in a Mark McGee team or something like oh, that yeah. um, and then you've got McCrory who I don't think is a centre half not in a back, back four anyway and Bates, who, again, is just a really poor player. And then you've got Johnny Hayes as your left back, who has been able to play left back, but he's ages catching up with him. So you just start looking through the team and you're like, well, it's, it's not as surprising. Their midfield strong and I think their attack is not too bad. I think Ramirez could offer a bit more. Um He, he scores some goals, but I, I think as an experienced forward, he... <laughs> Maybe like a wee bit of leadership for for a guy his age. Do you know what I mean? Who's mm-hmm. played where he's played? No, I, I, no, I think there's something in that. I mean, Joel
0: obviously is another one who's never too sure Ramirez. Ramirez is one of those players that yeah, I, I get the same feeling when when I watch him. Uh, he does some nice things and he's had some real nice finishes. But yeah, he doesn't lead the line. Like um, he, I never look like him. He's a handful. He just gets in these position and he scores goals sometimes. And that will over a season will look pretty good because it'll be he's going to end up scoring fourteen or fifteen oh, yeah. goals. But when you're playing as the sort of main striker in a team like Aberdeen, and you're only and a lot of the time, like you see them, they play Watkins or or Hedges. I really like Watkins. I like Watkins is an absolutely super player. Yeah, he's great. So we could get the balance. Maybe if they could keep, I think going with Watkins, Ramirez, and Hedges as a front three. I would stick with that for, for a little while because I think the balance there, you've got Ramirez who... I think what, what I'm trying to say, he, he's maybe a bit more of a poacher than I would assume he would be... I thought he would be much more of a, a, a handful, if you like, but that might be unfair. I don't know.
2: But see, I think it's the shape of him. Like, he looks... He, he looks to every... He looks at, you look at him, you think he's he looks like he's quite fit and he looks like he's quite strong and stuff. So you expect to see more from him outside back the Back maybe. to goal and stuff like that, yeah. Um, and yeah. And again, maybe we'll be... I mean, he is not the problem for Aberdeen. I, I identify the problem. The, the yeah, problem yeah, 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 yeah. Because then it's like the whole team has to account on the fact that your defence is hopeless. It makes everyone play a bit deeper. McGeeok, um, a good player who can't keep himself fit as well. Like, you know I mean? It's, so you start having a lack of consistency in team selection. It's a bit, a bit harsh to say what what's wrong with Aberdeen in a game where they competed reasonably well away to Celtic, which a place that I think no team is really going to go and enjoy themselves at this season. But the the form is, is still abysmal. Yesterday They we they had a island of results. I think it's seven points from eleven games now. Mm. That that's relegation form. And when we talk, you know, talking about these other teams and that they've got good players, Aberdeen have obviously got very good players as well, but unlike in other seasons where a team that is big as Aberdeen has got these kind of players you're like there's no chance they're going down I don't know like I don't I don't think they'll go down but again I think it, it wouldn't surprise me if at some point they drop into the you know the relegation places, and there starts to be a big panic because <laughs> the way they're playing like that, that was a matter of time I mean again it's Celtic so I don't read too much into it it was a matter of time before Celtic scored yes it was a very Fluky goal That they but, got Yeah it
0: was, it was, it
2: was Ridiculously it fluky But isn't, isn't It isn't It isn't though Because I, I don't think Johnny Hayes makes the right decision In the direction He goes mm-hmm. the ball it, it just It just gives him a risk Because he, he goes Across his goal Rather than Well I suppose You've seen players Put them behind for corners mm-hmm. you know, like You're does, thinking uh, I get I think
0: yeah. away, at, away at Parkhead Yeah When you're 1-1 yeah. And you're under the cosh
2: and it's only strutting that just lets him go on his left foot and just just hook it behind and it would look stupid. But then and probably I mean probably that is stupid and, and I'm only I'm only saying that because he hit it against a player that like 99 times out of 100 they wouldn't. But it's just those wee things and it's like such a slapstick goal to concede. Yeah. <laughs> but it felt it felt like Celtic we're going to score anyway. Yeah, because I, like I I managed to
0: watch some of it, as I said that family round on on Sunday for, for, for dinner. So it was like, it was on in the background to try watching; Celtic looked like they were dominating the ball, but they looked like they were running a bit of ideas and there's no shock in that. I mean, you've just played in Leverkusen. You've been stung in Leverkusen as well. So they'll feel good about the progress of their performance in Europe because that's like the toughest test they'll have had under uh, Postacoglu and, and sort of going there and, and sort of going pretty toe-to-toe with Leverkusen. But they still... The, all the traveling. It was only three days apart, and they, it was be like a gut punch what yeah. happened at the end. So there was always good. I thought this was always going to be heavy weather of it, and especially when I saw James McCarthy in the team. But McCarthy actually created um, with with a pass for that, that sort of created the created the second goal. And Callum McGregor maybe he would have been quite happy to see McCarthy because he doesn't have to play that sort of holding role. Even though sort McGregor's he's become so. In this style, and I still think Celtic should try and get another player to play in there because I still want would like to see McGregor playing his sort of usual role. And I do love what they've done tactically and how they press and they hem teams in, which stops their sort of like their weak points at the center of defense for Celtic. They're managing in Scot in Scotland in the league, they're managing to protect that through Sort of their, their off the ball work and their sort of triangles that him and teams and in teams are struggling to build up through them and get into the last third to get to that sort of soft centre that I think a lot of us still think it, it exists there. But I would like to see McGregor get to play this role because he 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 enjoys it more because he doesn't he, he does it, he's not starting every move and obviously when the responsibility on your shoulders if you're playing in a midfield three with Roderick and Turnbull yeah, it must be hard work.
2: And I mean he I think he's had an absolutely phenomenal season for Club Uh, and Country McGregor. uh, For me, he is the best player in Scotland right now. And I don't know if I think I can't remember if we talked about this in a podcast. I've I lose track of whether I've talked about it in a podcast or just talked about it in person. Uh I think he's he's maybe missed the boat in terms of getting a move. So it wouldn't surprise me if he is now at Celtic for Scott Brown. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think he's better being the kind of second midfielder, you know, that he's still playing, like, like he does for Scotland, him and Gilmore are, are dovetailing. So he's he's still deep and he's still having to do the work and he's still having to win the ball back and stuff, but he's not got the sole defensive responsibility so, on himself yeah, and yeah. that's, they do need to recruit because Beaton's been playing passably in there.
0: Um, Beaton's been a lot better since he, since um, he moved in there and I was always, I have ever talking about this before and it's like, is they ever going to give him a, they sort of converted them into a centre. I have to look to get because they had injuries, and then they never ever put him back. And I was like, "Did anyone thought when they do have this hold I know Beaton's no world beater, and I know there's a lot of doubts about Beaton in general. But I was like, he was decent as a defensive midfielder for Celtic, especially in Scottish football terms. I was like, has nobody ever thought about it? maybe we should try and put Beaton back at his position, and that can get us through? That can maybe get us through a few months till we can till we can recruit?
2: Yeah, I I just have a feeling the Celtic because they're always terrible at. Are not terrible at recruiting, but they always like have like a blind spot. Like, they was always set in the half before. I feel like they won't sign one. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh, and we'll just have the exact same situation in the second half of the season. But yeah, I mean, who knows?
0: And then we've got because there is still that soft set. I mean, the the what did they call them? The holy bricky, Uh Anthony Ralston at right back. And then they've got Juranovic uh, at, at left back, and then they've got Welsh and Carter Vickers. I mean, and Joe Hart. Joe Hart's been pretty good recently, but he's still he just plays goalkeeper like a like like a winger. <laughs> I like, think yeah. like this is so much. There's so much going on when Joe Hart's involved. Either coming Miles out his goal or like coming out one-handed to take crosses and stuff. And when you've got Welsh and carver Cartavicker thinks has been okay, but there's no real dominated like sort of presence in that whole sort of three in there. And that would always worry me.
2: Yeah, I think it's um folk obviously about a referee, like you know, you you basically want to leave the game and not even know he was there Aye. I think the same is probably true of a goalkeeper certainly a Celtic goalkeeper you almost want to forget that Joe Hart was even playing and I don't think there's any danger of that ever happening because he mm-hmm. always just seems to want to involve himself in the game um, even when yeah, no, it's not required I mean, and, and don't get me wrong he, he pulled off some it uh, ha, has been a good signing so far yeah, and he, he but, has I mean, yeah. some of the saves the other night he might, he might have questions about himself for for one of the goals the other night after that but some of the saves he was pulling off for Were tremendous, Uh and I mean, he wasn't needed as much in this game. But yeah, I think
0: I think you've 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 said previously that um, his ceiling is higher than every other one of the most of the goalies in the league. But it's only like the saves that he can make are better than what most of the goalies in the league could make. But because he's such an emotional player, that we don't like. There's this other side. Um, maybe similar to what some people would say about Ryan Porteous, for example. Um, so, um, in terms of me getting myself excited about the cup final, which um, I'm, I'm going to get to go to this one, that's my hope. Is dodge maybe and, and 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 Boyle coming central that there would be positions that that we can hurt. It's just about being able to stay in the game till these or get ahead in the game because, like when you what poster Postecoglou's done in a short space of time in terms of how, to make, them, how to make them an attacking unit and they're off the ball win i'm really impressed at that because there's only like one bit of the team that he needs to fix and there was a fucking loads to fix at the start of the season so i'm impressed of what the sections he's managed to do so quickly and like that front three it looks like uh jackie is like, I, I thought they were gonna really want to play him and I know he's been injured because he would play in between the posts. And I thought that'd be something that'd be good for Celtic because they're on top so much. But the more and more you watch, like the, the, the way the, the works with Ashi, Jota, and Abada, the way they sort of just all switch positions and all that, it just seems that'd be hard to break up.
2: Yeah, that's so so exciting. That that three is is yeah, especially in those European games. You're seeing them playing against good teams and really just standing out.
0: Yeah, yeah. And I think I see with 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 Jota. I'd start to get worried because he's doing too well. That I know they've got the the agreement. I don't know is the agreement to buy guaranteed? Like he has to
2: sign, or I feel like it's going to be another Jack Hendry situation, like where we like uh, that uh, the team Jack Hendry was at last season just bought him so they could sell him at a profit. I feel like Celtic might be
0: could it, maybe, make, make, yeah they're getting himself for fifteen million.
2: That, I, um, because yeah, I mean, I've not seen a, 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 a it's the consistency of attacking. Like he's not. In and out of the game, he gets the ball and he runs at people and he runs at people and he runs at people and he at people and, and, and he, gets, he has end product.
0: Yeah, so he's like he's such a, a for a wide player. Um, and obviously, from my own point of view, I would I would talk about Boyle and quite a lot of these ones. But these guys are like they they don't have the the sort of trope of of inconsistency for a winger. They are wholly responsible players and they carry. Every time they get the ball, they're making something happen, and Jota's doing it with such flair. When it's not show pony stuff, when he's doing the the sort of reverse kicks for the crosses and all that type of stuff, he's just yeah, he just every single game he's a standout, and it doesn't matter if they're going away to Dundee, uh, where where you'd think some players after the back be I didn't really fancy that, but I'm getting my juices flowing when we're playing on a Thursday night in, in Leverkusen. He just seems to be. Thoroughly enjoying playing football and um, just as a, you get jealous when a team gets a foreigner who's got like olive skin, slick back hair. He's outrageously skillful. He's called Diego Jota. Uh, uh, like it's just everything about him is cool. And on top of that, his end product is is sort of outstanding. So yeah, he's a he's a player you wish. Yeah, obviously we don't you get them at different levels all through the league. When you when you have that type of player, but I they'll be after an awful season last season to have him and Furuashi kicking about must be like wow eh, for Celtic. But I think we've I think we've got carried away again, Craig, and it often happens. Yeah. But it's, it's
2: impossible for you and I to record the podcast. We're like it's like when Telford it's like when Telford and Sean do the lower league yeah. to a lesser extent. But we 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 struggle to ever keep it under an hour, and we're probably at about eighty minutes now, Tony. Yeah. So. so
0: I think we better call it quits because we're going to go over to the Patreon where Craig is going to embarrass me by giving me a quiz that I always struggle with the quiz. It's just not, I like, I just put everything out of my mind. Once the season goes, that's it, it's all disappeared. But uh, we move on to the next one. Uh, I'm always looking forward, Craig, but we'll, find, we'll, we'll, uh, we'll we'll find out. So if you want to come over and enjoy a quiz that Mr. SPL Stats himself has uh, devised,
2: and uh, I'm sure... Oh, it's not a high-tech quiz, Tony. It's uh, one of the most... Basic formats of all, so um, but but I think be entertaining nonetheless. But I, I don't want to oversell the the complexity of my hard work. <laughs> it, it required me it required me googling something, and then I'm just going to ask you to read some stuff out. So it's not a uh, it, it was low, low um, preparation, but I think high high quality no, that's going no. to come out of this quiz.
0: Well, that is the dream for uh, all podcasting, uh, as I'm sure anyone who listens who gets involved in podcasts would know. Uh, but so please come over. And join us, listen to that. And I think we'll have obviously things going up all every day as you do with it with the Patreon stuff. And I think we've got Fowler and Rob will be talking to us on Friday. I think they're waiting to to do the main show on the Patreon because they're gonna sort of cover all the midweek football because there's football on every on, night. Every night this week. And um that's exciting. I'll be off to, to Easter Road on Wednesday night and I, and I can't wait. But thank you very much for listening and have a nice evening. Sports Social Podcast Network. It's time for today's Lucky Land horoscope with Victoria
2: Cash.